Welcome to the Intuitive Mind Solutions Podcast, where we help people help people. Our vision is to support all the individuals out in the world who are helping others become better versions of themselves. We represent a group who create Intuitive Mind Solutions for the challenges in the world today. Human potential has been limited because we have forgotten that our true strength as humanity is the ability to work together. We will stand by your side, we will have your back, and we will do whatever we can do to support you and your vision to help others. Today, in this age of awakening, it is time to bring the intuitive minds of intuitive people together to awaken the rest of the world. We are here to bring together the right people at the right time to create the right solutions that the world needs in order to thrive. The Intuitive Mind Solutions Podcast is hosted by Dr. Matthew Bresky and co-hosted by Dr. Adrian Orain and Joshua Baudouins. Stay relaxed, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next Intuitive Mind Solutions podcast, where we help people help people. And we are here with a special guest, Dr. Carolyn Griffin. And I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Adrian Lorraine. Hi. Hello. And so we got California there where you're at. So we're in a nine hours time difference. So I'm glad we finally were able to connect. I know that's a little bit difficult. And if you didn't already hear any episodes, what we do on our podcast is we just want to shine a light on programs people are uh, people have uh, that are supporting people around the world. So as essentially the tagline from the Intuitive Mind Solution is where we help people help people is we just want to support the people out there in the trenches that are doing good for people and for the future generations. And ever since I met you at the, that inner circle event we had in Victoria, it was I was very interested in your program. The only struggle I have with it is I need to find the time to do the program because I, I did purchase one of your programs and it's it's quite unique. And once I get my kitchen set up, I'm going to be doing some fermentating, fermenting of some fermenting of some food. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've been living overseas too long speaking Dutch. <laughs> the Dutch version. Yeah. So Dr. Carolyn Griffin is a chiropractor, entrepreneur, author. Uh, did you say a fermentationist? Yes, yeah, certified fermentationist. Okay, that's a new word for me. Yeah. And she's in, where in California are you at? So I'm in a town called Santa Clarita, which is about 30 miles north of LA. Okay, so just outside of the fog and smog. We have created some of our own with all these fires, though. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a very tragic situation that you, it's kind of out of our control. Just have to see how it goes. So what we do is we want you to be able to take over and tell everybody about your programs. So we see online that you have uh, a few various programs within your myculturelife.com website. Yeah. So anybody listening to this, you can go to www.myculturelife.com and to find your programs, you just access uh, through the store on the website and we'll include a link as well after this podcast in the comment in the description of the the episode so the floor is yours good luck oh well thanks (laughs) (laughs) so i am dr carolyn griffin i'm a chiropractor and i've been a chiropractor for almost 25 years Um, this december will be 25 years that i've been in practice so i'm very excited about that Um, But in the meantime, I've also been very interested in fermenting foods, and uh, I got started in that about four years ago, and uh, from there, it evolved into creating a gut health course because I did realize that there is a connection between gut health and your brain, so there's that brain-gut connection, so it works quite wonderfully with um, chiropractic. So the two together for me um, go hand in hand. And so if you take care of your nervous system, you take care of your gut system, then you are going to be a lot healthier than if you just ignored them both. 
Um, but I did cr cr uh, create the uh, gut course and um, it's the five R's of healing leaky gut. And that's for a lot of folks that might have um, gut issues and they are, you know, um, not able to eat certain foods or they're feeling bloated or um, gassy or brain fog or, you know, have weight that they can't lose, things of that nature. So when you, um, if you have those types of things, then that course would be quite good for you. Now, the reason why I like this one so much is because like so many people think, that if you have a gut issue, then you should immediately just start, in, you know, eating fermented foods or drinking kefir or drinking kombucha. And that's not always the case because a lot of people think, well, I just need to load up on probiotics. But what most people don't realize is that if you have a condition called SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, where there's an overgrowth of bacteria going on in your small intestine. If you eat or drink a lot of fermented foods or have those probiotics, you're actually gonna create that as a bigger issue. And so what you should do is actually remove a lot of the problems first, a lot of the toxins, um, and then fix the gut lining or what we would call repair, that would be the second R. And then you would revitalize your body and just get your immune system boosted and then you would renovate. At that point, you're ready to clear out all the, all the bad bacteria, and then you would rebuild. That's the last phase is when you would actually incorporate your fermented foods. So a lot of people just think gut issue, fermented foods, or load up on probiotics. And honestly, that's not the smartest move because you can actually do more damage. Um, it's better to go in a certain order. And so that's what the course um, helps you uh, follow from step one to step five, basically. And uh, I've got 25 gut healing recipes in there that are absolutely delicious and things of that nature. So that's what that course is. Um, so anyone that is interested, they can look on that. And the other course that I did create um, for those who are in phase, uh, the last phase or rebuild phase of the gut course, they want to have and incorporate their fermented foods, but maybe they don't want to break the bank going to the store. Because if you notice, like if you buy raw uh, um, sauerkraut or fermented sauerkraut, it's it's a lot of money, like it can cost a lot or go to the store and you got kombucha, it's like $5 a bottle, you know? So I teach you actually how to make it all. And you can go, to, uh, you can go um, on my Facebook page, or my Facebook page, sorry, my website, and I give you the how-tos of how to make everything. But if you wanted me to kind of show you in my kitchen how to do it, um, that's what the fermented course, uh, the online course does for you. Um, in this particular case, the focus is on fermented vegetables. So sauerkraut, pickles, things like that. And um, so that way you can incorporate these foods into your diet um, once you've cleared out a lot of the bad bacteria. So yeah, okay. it's a lot of fun. I've been doing it for a while and people seem to enjoy it and I certainly do. Oh, I, I think it's really interesting. And in your gut program and the first one is remove. So then you step-by-step step help people with a, uh, like a program to help remove what it, is not necessary first yeah. or you kind of sorry go ahead finish your question. oh just so in the beginning so you guide them through all those four r's or five r's i do so okay. um basically show you what things that you need to remove in order to uh clear the gut what can be the the um issue that might be creating a lot of talk uh toxins that might be creating a lot of issues within your gut because um, a lot of people don't realize that certain things can be triggers. So, you know, obviously processed foods, um, look at environmental factors, even things that you find in your, in your bathroom. So a lot of things that you are surrounding yourself with, environmental toxins, need to be removed in order for you to then go to that next step, which is repair. Mm -hmm. um, most people don't realize that your um, colon is like one cell thick, and a lot of times you need to repair your a large intestine in order for it to not have that leaky gut issue. So, you know, genetically modified foods and antibiotics and anything that you might have ingested can wreak havoc on your gut. And so by repairing your gut lining, um, bifidobacterium can actually help. That's a type of bacteria that can actually help repair your gut much quicker. So we go through the different types of probiotics and supplements that you might need first before you go into some other things. So um, it, it shows you step-by-step step, um, what you need. Um, other things that people don't think about when they're thinking about gut health is they're thinking, and you've heard the term maybe uh, prebiotics. 
Have you heard that term before? Mm -hmm. yeah. Antibiotic yeah. is like what you would give, uh, what, what your, um, the bacteria in your colon actually feeds on. And so it's like food for your, for your good flora. And, but if you're feeding your good flora, guess who else is also eating that? Your bad flora and the bad bacteria. So we actually hold off on prebiotics toward the end and uh, until that we can clear a lot of that out before you want to start to in, include that into your diet. Yeah, that's very, very useful because even the word prebiotics conf will confuse the people right away and they'll think they need to do that before. Yeah. So there is, I mean, yeah. uh, health is super important. I mean, it's still fairly new. I, it's like, I mean, I think the human microbiome project started in 2008 or, you know, around that time frame. So it's fairly new um, and things change all the time. Like um, a lot of the research that I was going through, I had to go, you know, I was researching all the science itself because there wasn't a lot of data just like on the internet. Like you had to like go to and look at these PubMed articles on what they were finding. And for a long time, it was saying that our bodies are 10 times more bacteria than we are human. And they actually found like about maybe just only a year or two ago that that's actually not true. It's actually like a 1.3 to one ratio. So we are, it's still closer human than, and bacteria, but not as big of a contrast as they once thought. So that the, the data is constantly changing and the research they're finding uh, things are changing all the time. So you have to just stay on top of it in order for you to have that, you know, to get better quicker. That is very useful because a lot of people don't, aren't going to be able to do the work that you already did. You know what I mean? Like there's, you're not, you're not going to get these, uh, this information just by Googling something about it. You're going to get a lot of misinformation. You're going to get a lot of things that aren't uh, researched to the latest to where you're getting the metadata coming out. And as you're saying, it's very important as things change that you have to shift to these changes if new truth comes out. Right. And, and because now they're tapping into the, you know, the, the gut health and how it is connected to even our, our emotional system and the function of our brain and with this increase in um, certain diseases like Alzheimer's and dementia at the young age, uh, I think there's a lot of correlation to the diet that, you know, we've been fed yeah, through the cultural conditioning program on how to influence the sickness level in the culture is what my view is that they, yeah. they create these diseases based on, the effects food have on our body. Yeah, so 90% of serotonin, which is the neurotransmitter that makes you happy, is actually manufactured in the gut. And so more people will get better results by changing their diet than going on antidepressants. Um, and then you don't get those side effects as well. So again, you know, 70% of your immune system is in your gut, 90% of disease stems from your gut. By taking care of your that system, uh, your body, you're going to function so much better. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. So I have a question, I guess, is it's a really basic question, but why, why, why should somebody want to ferment food? And like, what is like, how could you tell somebody who has no idea what it is in a few sentences? How could you just tell them this is why? Uh, because I'll just say it again, because 70% of your immune system stems from your gut. So if you yeah. want to be healthy, if your ultimate goal is to ward off disease in your body, then you need to take care of one of the major systems that will help you with that goal. So um, it's important if you want ultimate health, you need to take care of your nervous system and your gut system. And so fermented foods, um, uh, and creating that balance of good bacteria is going to be part of that process. So it's important to incorporate that, the fermented foods into your diet in order to do it. So, you know, a lot of people think that fermented foods are gross or it tastes vinegary or whatever the word is. And, um, you know, it's, it doesn't have to, it doesn't taste terrible and it doesn't taste bad. And in fact, it actually tastes really great. And especially if you incorporate some of the uh, fun recipes um, I always tell our patients to start 
if they if they know that they don't have any other gut issues and they just want to start to incorporate fermented foods into their diet i always have them start with kefir and it's a very simple way to get that probiotics into your system in order to start that process so you know how yogurt um, when you someone's on a, a, um, a regimen of antibiotics and they're like make sure you eat yogurt in order to help the good bacteria you know that's like what people are told to do um, yogurt might have anywhere from seven to ten different strains of bacteria where Keeper actually has 36 to 50 different strains of bacteria so it's the number of diversity or the number of bacteria bacterial strains that actually makes the difference of what when it's going to be if it's going to be good or healthy for you and so the other good news about keeper is that it can actually once it's in your system it can actually colonize and so that's going to help you uh, have more good bacteria growing in your system as opposed to not so i always have them start with that just drink about a quarter cup every day. You're probably going to have, you know, some uh, elimination going on because it's going to push out a lot of the bad bacteria as it as it fills up with good. Um, so you might have a little bit of a reaction like that, but it's not a bad thing. It's definitely a good thing to have happen. Yeah. So then I'm going to go into the chiropractic aspect of it a little bit. So in school, we were taught about the physical, mental, chemical stress. So like, in our practice over here in the Netherlands, we have a lot where we focus a lot on the physical stress and the, and the mental stress. But for me in my personal practice, I have a tough time because my knowledge base on the nutrition side and the chemical stress is quite limited. So, you know, after just talking this short time now, I have an idea to where I already have at least 10 to 15 people I'm going to send to your program. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to try to stimulate that. And I think as other chiropractors that are too busy in their practice, I think this is a super, super cool idea for, for them to be able to just send them to your program. And it, from what I see, this is a very streamlined program to easy to follow and efficient. And it gives you guidance uh, through it as well. And then also you probably could micromanage with their chiropractor with their chiropractor too is yeah, that possible so what would happen is that uh, they the person who purchases it um, they end up going into a Facebook group if they're going through that process and they have any questions they can actually pose that question and I'll happily answer it for them and so at least there's some interaction and, and so if there's some some clarity they need or if they have a question regarding it that's something that can happen and the same thing with the fermentation course like you know there's something to be said about being able to say you know is this white film on top of this sauerkraut good or bad or is it you know <laughs> yeah I would yeah yeah <laughs> is this thing growing on top yeah. <laughs> here's a picture and then I can like I can talk you through it. Like, you know, that's calm yeast. That's fine. It's normal. Scrape it off. No big deal. That's going to be me. <laughs> first, first Smell it. Is it <laughs> dump that batch. Start over. That looks really scary. I wouldn't even touch that. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, you know, the, with the online fermentation course, you've got access. It's the same thing with the gut course because, you know, it, there's a lot of questions that might arise and, you know, you don't, you're not in it by yourself and we're definitely here to support you through that process. Oh, I think that's really amazing. Really, really cool. Adrian, do you have any questions? Yeah. Um, first, I want to say I, I love, uh, I was checking the recipes and I just find a few ones that just, look really delicious like the blueberry uh lavender or something uh that must be the kombucha <laughs> yeah. yeah blueberry lavender kombucha. yeah 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 it's delicious and yeah blueberry uh, blackberry vanilla also like yeah, I, yeah i was like looks really really delicious and uh, i love your um the five steps because they're really logical it's like the, the old chinese saying is you know, Empty the cup first, and then you fill it in. Oh, again. I love it! Yeah, exactly. Is, uh, that's exactly your steps, actually. Yeah. So, uh, uh, um, I'm going to use some of those ideas for the chiropractic business and for our other side business from that center point we got going on. That's good. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so, my question was: um, I did once a half talk on supplements 
uh, back in when I was working in Spain. Uh, once I had uh, MD, the, she was a uh, osteopath too, and I was talking about the probiotics as one of the first supplements you sh you should take. And she said, you know, uh, you should change uh, the um, uh, the um, the brand of the uh, probiotic every month mm -hmm. uh, because uh, she said otherwise your your body actually cannot produce anymore the this bacteria so how do you play with that on uh, on all the so that's why I like the fermented foods because when you and that that goes to, to the point of the different types of strains that are super important so if you're going to purchase them via a probiotic supplement um, you should mix up the brand and you should also just see like what types of strains are actually within that formula of supplement that you're buying because the more that you can mix it up the better it is going to be for your gut so that's the diversity and then mm -hmm. different types of strains that are going to be, make the biggest difference um, so then let's kick it into the whole fermented foods part nature doesn't mess up like they nature knows exactly what your body needs so right. when you make a fermented vegetable let's say sauerkraut you're going to it goes through this process and um it's going to have many different types of strains as it starts to go through that fermentation process. It might take six to 13 days or longer in order to ferment and, and get to the end point when it's done and ready to be eaten. And so you're going to have a lot of different strains of bacteria going through that. So, and when you have fermented foods, then you say, then maybe you'll switch it to kefir and then kombucha. There's a lot of different strains that are um, very diverse and you're going to be naturally uh, getting that as opposed to here's my bottle now let me buy this bottle now let me buy this you know what I'm saying like you're yeah. going to be able to if you start to eat and drink different probiotics you're naturally going to have that diversity okay that's cool yeah yeah really but cool. she's right you do need to switch it up because if you just stick with the same one over and over and over again then it kind of loses its effectiveness yeah okay mm -hmm. I didn't know uh, that and let me just so, say that if you are yeah. into purchasing supplements, the other thing I want you guys to consider and your listeners is it's not the, um, it's not the call of, uh, CFUs or colony forming units. You know how you see it? It's like 5 billion CFUs or 30 billion CFUs. Um, it's not the number of colony forming units that matter because people uh, look at the price point when you're buying the supplements, like the higher the CFUs, sometimes the more costly the probiotic is. What you should actually be looking at is the number of strains within that probiotic. So you mm. might see uh, the bottle, it might say 10 strains and 50 billion CFUs. Then you might see another one that's you know, 30 strains uh, with, you know, 80, 80 uh, billion CFUs. So don't count, it's not the number of CFUs that matters so much as the number of strains of bacteria that matters. Look at the number of strains. That's, the, that's actually the key of what you want to a good probiotic. A lot of them have maybe one or two different bacteria, that's it. Some, so you want the one that has the most, mm. if you're going yeah. to purchase. Yeah, well, I, thank I you have, for that precision. Yeah. I, I have one in my hand. Okay, do you? Yeah. What does it say? It's Lactobacillus plantarum, Lactobacillus acidophilus, uh, Bifidobacterium lactis, Lactobacillus cassi, case, yes. Lactobacillus rhamnosus, and Bifidobacterium longum. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Six is good. It's not, I mean, but I will say um, Lactobacillus plantarum is a superstar bacteria. And the reason why it's actually known to break down or degrade pesticides. So what's really cool when you ferment foods is that is though that list that you just described are very plentiful when you start to ferment vegetables. So pickles, sauerkraut, beets, whatever. And um, those, are the num those are the ones that are most plentiful in a fermented food. And um, plantarum, which is great. Let's say you can't get an organic vegetable that you're fermenting. Plantarum actually helps to degrade pesticides. And so if it's doing it inside 
a mason jar as you are fermenting it or, or another vessel, whatever you're using to ferment, um, imagine what it can do for your body as you ingest it. So super great stuff that, you're, that you've got there. But how okay. many CFUs is it? How many col colony forming units? Colony forming units. I should say CFUs. And there's usually in the billions. Uh, the, the plantarum is 2.7 billion. The acidophilus is, yeah, uh, almost 1 billion. The lactis is 1 billion. Cassi is 1 billion. And then rhamnosus and longum is uh, like, 330 million. So you're looking at maybe 7 billion um, if everyone's around a, a, a billion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's okay. I mean, it's not the best probiotic, <laughs> uh, but, it's but it's better, but it's, it's good. But you will get more if you drink about a quarter cup of kefir and or um, at like three or four forkfuls of raw uh, fermented um, sauerkraut. And that's going to be a lot less expensive. So that's why the course is so cool because yeah. you can step on your own and you don't need to worry about what kind of stuff is happening here. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Adrian, we're going to change the kitchen and we're going to start fermenting too at the office. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be on me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I have a second question. Um, uh, is is um, I'm curious about and just uh, is fasting having a effect on on a not only on gut health but on the uh, uh, yeah on 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 the gut bacteria? Yeah, so it can. So a lot of times, um, you know, your body is not meant to be eating constantly. Um, you know, even in the Bible, they fast for many days. I think it's forty days or something like that. Or and, um, Easter, yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so what ends up happening is a lot of people think about like this, like, you know, the people that go to the gym, this is very popular out here. I don't know about the Netherlands, but people, they join a gym, they join like a 60 day challenge. They're going to lose a bunch of weight. And what ends up happening is they end up um, getting a diet from say the gym that says they're going to eat five or six times a day. Right. And you end up eating smaller meals, but it's five to six times a day. And you're lifting, you know, one or two times a day. And the goal is for you to lose a lot of weight. And it's very good in the short time, short term. But what ends up happening within a month of doing that, so 60-day challenge, let's say 30 days in, what ends up happening, everyone gets sick. Do you notice that? Like I've seen it, I've experienced it. And what ends up happening is that because you're constantly eating food, your body doesn't have time to go and clear up a lot of other issues that might be going on in the body. And so because it's constantly digesting, constantly digesting, all those enzymes are going into help with that, that the metabolic enzymes that are going to go out into the rest of the body to help you heal can't. And so your body ends up wearing down and getting sick. And so a lot of people go through that process. So fasting is a great part of health. Um, intermittent fasting is great. You can do, there's so many different ways of doing it. Mm. Like, you know, eat for 16 hours or sorry, eat for eight hours fast. <laughs> hours flip that um and so that's one way to do it some people do one meal a day or omad where they're you know fast for 20 hours and eat in a four hour window um so there's many ways but if you can like uh even if you go up to 72 hours of a fast and you do this maybe say once a month or every couple months your body will go through what we call autophagy and that's where it's actually going to break down a lot of the old cells and proteins and pull them out of the body and that way your body can ultimately start to get better and heal faster so the less amount of time that you're having your body go through that whole digestion process especially if you're not putting in the best foods the better so yeah i i, I think fasting is a great idea yeah cool. great question any other questions adrian no that's it okay for me uh, before we go to the next uh, part of our show, is there anything else you want to tell the people listening, Dr. Carolyn? No, I just think, you know what, just be open-minded to the fact that um, I think the biggest uh, thing that I see are people are like, you know what, I just want to buy it. I don't want to make it. And I get that in the short term because it is, you know, especially if you're not used to it. 
um, it can get very, it can be intimidating to make your own kombucha. It can be intimidating to make your own kefir and your own sauerkraut. Um, but if you just give it a chance and test it out, and I show you how to do it within my own kitchen, step-by-step -step how to make sauerkraut and pickles and green beans and all these other fun things, um, it's not hard. And um, in, at first it might seem intimidating, but when you really just go step-by-step, step, it's super fast, it's delicious. You can then make things and give them away as gifts if you wanted to, and it's a lot of fun. So just give it a chance, don't be intimidated, and know that you aren't gonna mess it, it's super hard to mess it up. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> it's not hard, it's not hard. If I can do it, trust me, anyone can do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun process. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've been doing uh, water, uh, kefir. Perfect. Kefir, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Don't say kefir. Kefir, say yeah. Kefir. yeah. No, I'm used to say kefir anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Europeans say kefir. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It, it's good. It's really tasty. Very good. Yeah. And uh, then I mean, uh, I don't know how much time I left it in the in the fridge, but at some point it was like mm, maybe it's too sour now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, it yeah. continues to ferment even in the fridge. It slows it down. Yeah. The fermentation process slows it down, but it will still continue to do it. So six, yeah. I mean three three months is probably max. I mean I put on there like you can you can still drink it after six or nine months depending on what it is, but um, the taste is definitely affected for sure. Yeah. So even if after six to nine months of fermentating, it can. You can still drink it even if it tastes like you can't, not good? I, you check it. Check the top. Make sure it's okay. If it's been sealed properly, that's okay. But if It's blue or pink. It, just Yeah, yeah if it's something, <laughs> if it doesn't look right, it doesn't smell right, just dump it. It's not, you know, yeah. just start over. So there's but, no rainbow kefir. <laughs> nope. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on the next part of our show, we're just, uh, we normally have our other colleague here with us and um, he's unable to make it. So I'm going to be in charge of this and my Dutch is not so good. And we like to discuss a little bit of Dutch humor, Dutch expressions, just to show the rest of the world that, you know, we're just the Dutch are people too. And they have their way of uh, creating expressions for people. And I think it's just to make fun of the people that are living here that aren't from here. But that's my interpretation of it. <laughs> and so the first one I'm going to say is in the Kerk Geboren sign. And that means in English, you were born in a church. So if you did something and somebody says, were you born in a church? What do you think that would mean? Were you born in a church? So that the American expression, I think, is were you raised in a barn? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's like, the, like you maybe left the door open. Exactly. Exactly really? the one. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible at this stuff. That's hilarious. I, I'm, I'm lost here. Can you explain on, on this one? So like in <laughs> it's Wait, a. So it's a different way that the American culture has, you know, if you leave the door open or a cupboard door open or something, the bathroom door open, then somebody would say, what, were you born in a barn or were you raised in a barn? Like, and you didn't shut, and you didn't shut the door, you know, and you didn't shut the door when you're supposed to, you should shut the door. You're like, huh? <laughs> I, I, I don't follow, I, I, I don't follow the, what yes. The so, so, so if you were born in a barn, you weren't born in uh, maybe an educated environment. Okay. And in the Netherlands, they don't use a barn, they use a church. Okay. Okay. So, and I have no idea why or what that history of that is. Yeah. Nor do I. So, the next one is Warhead Heartful is Lope de Mont van Over. And for my translation means, is when the heart is full, the mouth won't shut up. When the, say it again? When your heart is full, oh. then the mouth won't shut up. So I'm thinking it's like somebody who's in love and they just can't stop talking about that person. I don't know. I think that is, from my interpretation, 
pretty similar. Like if you talk about something you're passionate about, something oh, okay. you love or someone you love, mm -hmm. then your mouth is flowing over yeah, and over and over. Yeah. I wonder if there's, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a English term or expression. I don't know if there You're is. Smitten. I don't care about these expressions. <laughs> yeah. That will give you the hardest one last. And <laughs> that is, Hedquartia is Gefala. So that means that the quarter has dropped or if the coin has dropped, the coin has fell. No, no, no. The quarter has dropped. Does that mean like you paid your rent? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was one of the first ones I learned here. And well, no, not exactly. But what it is, is let's say you're in a vending machine and you're putting the coins in and it yeah. doesn't fall. Yeah. You don't hear it fall. And right. so that means it didn't work or it didn't click. So if it worked, if the quarter dropped, that means it worked. So if you were being explained something, so like when we explained the born in the church or born in the barn to Adrian, and then he finally got it, the court you have gefala. Oh. So, so, so I, like, you know I still don't think he got it. No kidding. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. <laughs> You just tap your head a little harder and it will fall. <laughs> oh, those are fun ones. I like the ones I know. Yeah, yeah. So then, that's our little comic bit. Now we're going to go into the controversial bit. Where we have the container of controversy here. We have no idea what we're going to draw. I will give you two vetoes if you don't want to, if you don't feel comfortable talking about it or if something around your profession in in your state doesn't allow you to talk about it we yep. can go to the next one i have no problem with that and if i don't like it i'm not gonna i'll okay. pick a different one i'm <laughs> just kidding it's your game <laughs> it is now this one's a little interesting because then we get to talk about something that you know a lot of people are uncomfortable to talk about and i think we're all three intelligent people that we can maybe find some truths within all the misinformation that the controversies present Ooh, this is a big one. Oh boy. False flags. False flags? Yeah. Okay. Can you define false flags? I'm not sure. Well, yeah, that's a good I'm one. Sure have it. So my understanding is that it is when something is done in order to take the uh, view off something that's already happening in the world. So, so to kind of like steering people's uh, attention to something Distract. else. Distraction. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's a, a little bit difficult one. I can't, I can't remember. I put that in there because it's very broad. It is. Yeah. Want to pick a different one? Well, I guess we could go into it that, if you're listening to this and you don't know what a false flag scenario is, I think it's important that uh, you do that because when people stand up for uh, certain things that they see in the world that don't match with what they're told in the world, I think that's a really big issue that needs to be addressed. And I think in essence that the politicians that are in leadership roles need to be held accountable for that. And what I see in the world with all the false flags uh, situations, that they're not being held accountable. Mm -hmm. And that would be the one thing I would say about it, I think, just to keep my point of view. But how, how could they be uh, held accountable if, they, if they're doing it? Yeah. That's, they're going to hold themselves accountable? No, they need sure. to be taken out of office and put in jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, be, to be honest, as long as if they're, if they're knowingly letting this happen to the people in, in certain countries around the world and letting people die uh, in the name of something that isn't true, 
yeah, I, I really honestly think that that's one of the biggest issues that the world is having is this manipulation of cultures and uh, yeah, all around the world in order to get more control of the things they want control of. And so a false flag situation would be just like that. So and they, if, like, if some craziness is going on in the news and they need to um, shift the attention off of whatever negativity is shown about them, something will happen, like a school shooting or um, you know some domestic terrorist or something along those lines, um, plane crash, and then it's like all the news channels stop talking about this and they start talking about that. Mm. And that way it's more of a, you know, takes your eyes off the ball, so to speak. And so that's what I'm under the impression of what a false flag is. Do you, you want to continue to talk about it? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm okay with talking about it a little uh, bit more. You guys have a, an, an, an example in history of that, of a false flag? So... According to what I see here is an act committed with the intent of disguising the actual source of responsibility and pinning blame on a second party. Mm, okay. And that's kind of what Carolyn said. And that's kind of like okay, creating yeah. a scapegoat yeah. that isn't actually the truth. So whether it be, if we go into the current situation in the world and you look at the COVID situation, you know, it, it's crazy to think that, they get people, you know, my idea of what's happening and what I see from the outside in looking into the U S and Carolyn living in California, what I saw was you guys were shut down for so long and whether what I'm talking about next is a false flag thing, but it's still definitely a controversial topic that people don't feel comfortable talking about it. But I never feel uncomfortable talking about things like this because if somebody's not talking about it, then uh, who will, you know, and what I saw is like this moment where the, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I saw is that the California people were getting so crazy upset and they were uniting in a way to kind of do something about this, to open the state back up and protest this closing of the state and the unity that was created was probably really strong, powerful, and strong and powerful. Yeah. And then the incident with uh, George Floyd happened. Yeah. So that's, that's, that, I loved it. Yeah. And I've experienced it. So I was one of those folks that went up to Sacramento and protested the reopening of California. And um, we ended up having such a great time up there. And it was everyone from all different backgrounds that basically wanted to reopen our state in order for small businesses to be able to continue to thrive and put food on their table for their family, basically. Um, even though, thankfully, we were considered an essential business and I've been open the entire time and I haven't had to shut down, thankfully, um, I still felt so bad for so many of my friends and um, uh, neighbors that had to. And so, so many of them had to shut down to where they literally, it's like from, you know, seeing people to done. Like we're talking, I had a restaurant, friend owns a restaurant, friend that owns a gym, friend that hair, nails, like the whole thing. Like I have friends that have all types of businesses and it's affected everybody. And so um, even though I was essential, I felt um, moved to go to, and protest and I've never protested in my life like that's not a thing I do like I'm not a protester but this was something where you just couldn't sit back and watch it just go downhill um, and then you're right um, the thing that did happen with George Floyd um, did occur and um, sad circumstances no one should go down like that um, but it shifted everything from let's talk let's reopen to let's then it was um pr the other protesting which was more destruction destruction and um looting and rioting and things of that nature um and it's interesting because i just was talking to my husband about it we haven't seen anybody talking about reopening our state anymore like that's not even mm. a conversation at this point 
And so we're just kind of sitting idle and we're just letting it do its thing. Um, I think people have gotten creative. Um, I'm noticing uh, people are not wanting to be um, just sitting in their homes. As far as I'm concerned, people are still doing everything they want to do. Yeah, there are things that are closed. Like if the things were open, they'd do it. It's not like um, they're still getting together. They're still socializing. They're still going out to eat. They're just having to eat outside. Um, they're still getting their nails done outside. They're still getting their hair done in people's garages. They're still doing everything. They're just doing it on the down low and or outside because that's what's mandated. Um, many people are walking around without masks, but then as soon as they walk into a store, they're putting it on. Um, so I think, again, there's that 50-50 of how half the country um, is for the masks, half the country is not for the mask, half the country fears for their life and thinks COVID's gonna kill them, half the country thinks it uh, still exists, but it's not a death sentence. And so I think you just have to you know, figure out, um, we just have to get through the next few months. I think things are gonna change drastically, hopefully for the better. Um, but it's, it's a sad turn of events of what has happened to our country. Um, and, you know, hopefully things will, hopefully things will get better because this, it can't continue. And honestly, like my practice has been doing really great, um, busier than normal, which I found interesting in a pandemic. Um, and I think the reason why I feel like there's several reasons people crave, um, connection. Um, people are not able to, they're six feet distance, they're wearing a mask, there's no facial connection, there's no physical connection, there's no touch. And I think people crave that. And, and I think you're going to get that in a chiropractic office, we have to touch you. Um, we have we are next to you, we are, there is a, a touch for sure, and there's connection. So I think people crave connection. Um, I think people are tired of being in their home stuck. Um, people that can't work because they are stuck at home and or uh, cannot commute to where they need to go, or maybe they are working but working from home, have more time to take care of themselves. Um, people are making their health more a priority and whatever they were putting off before, they now have time for. So that's another reason I think we're, we're seeing more people. And I think, so I think they're just making themselves, their health a, a bigger priority than it was. They have more time for it and they miss that human connection. I think that's really truly the reason why um, chiropractic offices across the nation are still busy and not, um, and not you know, shutting down because people are afraid to go out. People are going out and they're coming to their appointments. And so I think that's a great thing. That's a great sign for what's to come after this is said and done. Yeah, we have the same. I agree, here. yeah. yeah. People want to boost their immune system to protect themselves from whatever this is. And they're reading more about it and they're realizing that, you know, they, uh, you know, you're talking, you can't shut a country down when there's a 99 point whatever percent uh, success rate of that, you know, yeah, you're probably going to get it, but you're not going to die. Um, yes, the argument immediately whenever I say that is, but I know somebody who died. I'm like, well, I know somebody who died, but it's not necessarily COVID. You know, people yeah. die every day. Um, but, you know, yes, if you have a, uh, if, if you're immunocompromised um, and you have certain things that are going to, you know, people die from the flu, but we didn't, 80,000 people died from the flu last year, but we didn't shut down a country. People died from heart disease. That's a, still the number one killer, but we still have fast food restaurants open serving burgers and fries. I mean, there's so many things that we have to consider. It's like, you can't take away people's livelihoods and just expect us to fall in line when it doesn't make any sense. And so it's, something's got to change. Something's yeah. got to And I think things are, things are going to shift and it might not be pretty in the next couple of months. Um, I think September is going to be ugly. I think November is going to be worse, but I think by January, it's going to be a different world. Yeah. And that's where I guess if anybody listening can take what they can take from this with a false flag, uh, I'm really glad we draw it, drew it now because this was, I mean, I, we talked about not going into the COVID-19 thing. I said it, but we drew false flags. And then we have to talk about what's happening on in, in modern times with this. And it is, it is what we drew, so we have to follow through with it. And Adrian asked a question, what, what kind of false flags maybe happened already in our country? Without well, actually, I have many. Uh, now, now that you said the definition, you read the definition, now I have some examples yeah. in mind. So, that, you know, we could have drew 9-11. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> but, 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 and so, yeah, yeah and I yeah. just w- would love for people that are listening to this, just, you know, in a false lake situation, look where the, you know, look of it as a magic show is what this mass entertainment system of c- cultural conditioning is. And look what's going on in the backgrounds. You know, nobody knew that Hillary Clinton was indicted during some time and had to go to court and had all this stuff going on during the riots. So that was a misdirection as well to keep the media off that situation and the whole Pizzagate scandal. And do your homework, follow our show. We have a few episodes where we had the Council of Controversy where we had uh, Ben Brownsberger and Chris Burns couple guys that are deep in the rabbit hole on finding the truths around all this misinformation. And we're continuing to try to put as much out there so people know what is true, what is not true. And if you don't know, ask questions. Don't just believe everything that the media and the news says. Because, yeah, even, yeah. I mean, because a lot of people, you know, they can, and I don't, how, how much is truth? We don't know. Like, honestly, there's so much out there. It's like, you can, whatever resonates, whatever makes sense. And if it makes you question it, that's good. And so I question a lot of things that I'm being fed on both sides. It's like, I will just kind of sift through and, and follow what makes sense for me. And honestly, it's, it's, you just got to do what feels right. And some, some of the things we discussed today might not resonate and, but do your own research and, um, and figure it out for yourself. Yeah. And if I can take anything away, last, not two episodes ago, we had uh, the Prana Foundation. We had Dr. Uh, Tamara and Dr. Monique on our show. And we, yeah, and we drew, the card we drew then, I'm, I got it sitting here right now, is the politics and lobbyists. <laughs> and so that was a good one too. And we got into it. And as a free country a democracy, why can't there pass a bill that the people want that doesn't have to create a candidate that is financially backed? Why can't a candidate in a true democracy just win by being voted for the most? Yeah. How, and but the first, in, in the true democracy, there's no one candidate. There's no one guy that uh, rules. Right. Same as in the First. U.S. in the democracy, but for the candidates that are like, okay, president, governors, mayors, senators, House of Representatives, uh, why can't just a normal person step up to the plate and see what they can do? Like if I could think of somebody like my father, for example. So I can <laughs> say that um, in my district, um, one of my... Um, a person I know actually ran for Congress and he's just a guy and he's a Navy pilot, a retired Navy pilot. Um, he was, he served his country and um, decided that he didn't like the direction it was going um, in our district. And the person that was elected actually, she was elected into Congress and she ended up pulling out disgraced um, bad pictures and things like drama whatever drama goes on and so what ended up happening was um uh she ended up pulling out of the the out of congress and what ended up happening was um he went and ran against her there was an empty spot so he ran for the seat one and so now he's filling in this interim and then come november he's going to run again and then whoever this new person is going to run for the seat and then let's see what happens but um there's an average guy yeah, that's what that's what we can I would love to ignite uh, if you're thinking about it or you think some uh, you can do better then do what you need to do to get on that ballot for whatever whatever office it is mm. and I think the, the American people should say to this next presidential candidate race everybody should say we want a redo and we don't want any of you at all we want a clean slate and we want new candidates yeah. and for me, that would be cool because yeah. that would be a, a form of one of the freest elections ever. But now with the psychological warfare that's going on, you know, I, there's videos that I've seen that they, that even some of the most renowned psychologists have admitted that Google and Facebook can swing votes like oh, yeah. millions. 
That's right. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you have to. You have to just be eyes wide open. And and here's the thing: more and more people are. This pandemic ended up making um, backfired for many uh, in politics because uh, people had the time to research and hear a lot of different stories and watch a lot of videos and listen to a lot of different podcasts and form their own opinions. And as a result of that, um, I think um, it'll be a very interesting time for our country, um, the United States come November 3rd, and that's when we're going to be voting in the new president um, and who's going to be the new leader of the free world, free world, <laughs> and we'll see, what, we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, I just think it's uh, interesting times. That's all I can say with that. It's a great, honestly, though, it's a great time to be alive. I'm actually, it's incredible to be able to witness all of the stuff that is actually taking place. I'm actually excited and and my son and i he's 20 and my daughter is 17 she's not as interested but my son is and um and we it's just really interesting to talk about all the different things that are going on in the world and it's a great time to be alive to see it because it's very there's a lot going on guys yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i agree you know so and then you guys can quote or quote me on this later the next thing that's going to distract everybody is going to be the aliens <laughs> that come <laughs> then we have to worry about that and then there's no more covid just like there's no more terrorism and there's no they have they have they exist and they've actually talked about it it just hasn't like been talked 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 about it um but it, yeah they've they exist and um you know i would say if you really want to uh, some interesting reading uh check out stephen greer um and uh close encounters of the fifth kind check it out and uh, I think that's something where you'll realize that they are around and maybe they've actually been influencing a lot of things that have been going on. Um, and, and a lot of our technology, I think, has come from them. Uh, the little bits that the government has learned, I think things have, things are farther along. We are living in like primitive times and things are going to get really interesting really quick. So um, quantum internet is all I'm going to say on that. It's going to be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I think we covered a good bit on the false flags and we got into everything. <laughs> yeah, we're going to end it on that. But, but that's the thing is like there's going to continue to be distractions or incidences that are going to cover up what's actually really happening. And that's what I want people to, if you think it, if something doesn't smell right, just don't be afraid to say something because as long as we still have the freedom of speech, I think that we have to utilize it because that's been what's I see from living over in Europe for so long and looking back at the US, uh, it seems like that people are scared to stand up. And I think if people realize that our strength comes in numbers and the truth comes out, then this amount of numbers that could be created by this unified front could change something. So if you are interested in what can happen, everybody listening should uh, look up on the internet the Iceland revolution that occurred, I think, mm. in what year was that? 2008. 2008. That's when the economic crisis in the, in the banks. And they, they marched on the Capitol and they threw everybody in jail, the bankers too, and the politicians in jail, and they voted 30 people to write a new constitution. They enacted it, and now they're kicking ass. Wow. And yeah. that was censored from America. Yeah, I never heard uh, of from that. from all Europe. <laughs> Don't worry. This is <laughs> and so that they, <laughs> if, if that story got out to to the masses, do you know how many Americans would be like, "Oh man, if they did it, why can't we do it?" We're slowly doing it. Yeah, I think so, and that's what's exciting. There's a movement happening. So, so uh, last part of the show is the bonus question. I know you've been dying to hear it. Okay. No, it's it's very it's just I want to pick your brain a little bit about something more uh, on the innovative side of things. If there was anything that you could invent or create that this world doesn't have and that could use, if the right people come together at the right time in the right place, a solution to problems that exist or challenges that exist in the world uh, can occur. But the ideas have to come out that the creative aspect of thinking about something that the world could really use and it's got to be a tangible thing that could happen it can be a program a school a, it could be anything so if there's anything you've had in the back of your mind 
Um, yeah, I actually think about these things a lot. Like, um, what is it that I could um, create and or invent that um, would be of help for humanity? And um, of course, I'm not going to share it. <laughs> <laughs> until I have it like registered well, um, but I do I think about things and you know at this point it's it's um, and that's the other part that I've really enjoyed about this whole process is um, of being kind of hunkered down it's actually been nice because it slowed me down to where <coughs> I look like just think more as opposed to just constantly doing and being on the road and traveling and going to seminars and things of that nature, I've been more home. And as a result of that, I've been able to think more along those lines. And um, I've got my thoughts on certain things that I want to be able to do. And, um, but I'm not willing to share them right now. Okay. So now what about something that you would maybe spark an idea for somebody listening that, that you wouldn't have any part of? Well, I don't know, um, because the, a lot of the things I've been, you know, my, I haven't, I don't know, I don't know that answer, um, because the things that I've been thinking about have been all the things I want to work on. So I haven't thought about what else could somebody else do. Um, because because you, you know that doing those alone and having these ideas alone, a lot of times stay with you to your grave. Oh, I understand. Yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> so you can reach out with us. And, and the thing is, out of this deal, you can reach out with us. And what our job is at the Intuitive Mind Solutions is to try to connect you with the right people that could make that vision happen. Awesome. Because that's the idea is to create this cooperative uh, type of community that knowing that Doing something alone can get you so far, but doing something together and bringing the right people together, like I said, at the right time, the right place, is where the solutions to the, the world's challenges can come. Yeah, I agree. That's so I'm going to say, I think they need to enact a fermentation program in all schools. Oh, that would be lovely. That, would, that should be Home Ec 101. See, that's... Mm. <laughs> I, th I think yeah. that would be very important because you you'd start them at the young age to get that gut health at perfect and their whole life and needs to start a garden and that's what i've done yeah. since covid is uh and i'm building when i get home i'm going to be building my greenhouse that i just got and so i'm going to be putting that together all weekend um i'm excited about that so i've kind of gone i think that's something that they should be teaching i think that the kids need to learn how to you know life 101 what does that mean <laughs> How do they balance a checkbook? How do they, you know, um, um, things to invest in? Just little things that kids don't even understand. How do you iron? Like they don't know how to do certain, the basics of life. And so they depend on so many other, you know, to pay to change a light bulb, they pay to, you know, whatever it is, little things that they should be able to figure out and do on their own. Um, and just to be able to function through life. I think that should be, a course that shouldn't be taken as like an elective that should be a mandatory course just like math science and english are mandatory uh, yeah. they need kids need to learn how to get along in this world because um the, what i'm noticing a lot in like if i go through and interview young ones that are not young ones like their 20s and they're coming in and they're interviewing there's so many things like a work ethic that they just don't have and um, keeping an appointment, showing up on time, dressing the part. How do you dress for an interview? Oh, I don't know. Well, maybe your parents should teach you or the school should if you don't have parents or somebody to teach you these things. And, um, you know, how, just the little things in life that will get them so much further if they just had that little bit of knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, for sure. That is, that should be in the schools once they decide to ever open the schools again. Yeah. <laughs> schools are closed. Um, in California and, um, they're all distant learning right now. So, yeah, that's a, also a prime time to start that online program, teaching people this shit <laughs> that they need to there learn. For, yeah. There Actually, there's an, I, I heard there's a YouTube uh, channel of a, of a man who is teaches kids that don't have fathers how to shave and how to groom themselves and things like that. And I think that's such a great thing. He's a dad that um, 
I think the kids have grown. I don't know how old this man is, but I think he basically is like a father um, um, mentor to these children or young adults or teens that don't have a father at home. He's like a father figure. And he teaches them like, here's how you change a tire. Here's how you change the oil. Like my dad taught me how to do all that. I know how to change the, not change the oil so much as add oil to my car or back then when I had that type of car and, or change my own tire. Like my dad taught me how to do that. That's like something every, I think female needs to learn, especially if you're going off to college and you're going to be on your own. And what if something happens and AAA is not there, you know, just be able to help yourself if you're stranded somewhere. So these are some of the things that this one YouTube channel uh, does for these kids. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. And I think having more innovative programs like that need to be put out there. So yeah. listeners, Somebody's go to it. Life. life 101. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> That's good. I like then, it. Yeah, super. Yeah. So thank you for the, the answer. And then I will get one of those answers out of you in the future. You're just <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, that brings us to the end of the show. And I really do appreciate you coming on and having this conversation. Thank you for having me. I know it's and, late, guys, but thanks for sticking together. We got it done. Yeah. And uh, also, at the end of the call, I have we have another program we're building, and we it's also something we haven't shared yet with people yet. But after the show, I will tell you about it so you can okay. uh, think about it, and then we'd love to have you on our show for that one too. And that's a chiropractic related program that we're doing. And it's uh, quite a unique, quite a unique opportunity for the chiropractic profession. And so everybody listening, stay tuned for that. Maybe within one or two episodes, we'll be ready to reveal the new, uh, the new podcast episodes that we'll be doing awesome. in the chiropractic realm. Congrats. So, well, everybody listen, it's time for us to go. And as we say, at the end of every show, Adrian, what do we say? Stay relaxed, everybody. Stay relaxed, everybody. <laughs> Love that. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.